Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, May 5th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today, beat writer Herbie Teopi and I talk Chiefs, including the acquisition of defensive end Taco Charlton, the release of punter Dustin Colquitt, and we speculate on the Chiefs' 2020 schedule, which is expected to be announced with all of the NFL slates later this week. After a break, we'll hear from Chief Safety Teran Matthew. He met with reporters last Friday, and it's always interesting to hear what the team's 2019 MVP has to say. But first, here's Herbie Teopi. Herbie, once again, I'm reminded that even though it is the offseason, we're through the draft, we haven't um, gotten to what, what, what would be scheduled to be you know, OTAs, there's still a ton of news that happens with the NFL every week. And since the last, since the last time we talked, uh, there have been some comings and goings on the Chiefs roster. The most significant acquisition, it, it seems to me, is defensive end Taco Charlton. Not only is he interesting and significant because of his name, but because of his position. And he's got to, you know, just uh, the, the fact that he's with his third team in four years, a, a former first-round draft pick, uh, I find him very curious. So why did, why were the Chiefs interested in him, and what's he going to bring to the Chiefs? Well, if anything, I think Taco Charlton gives them a lot of depth there at the defensive line. And it's kind of weird because he's coming from Miami, and, of course, the Chiefs lost Emmanuel Ogba to the Dolphins right. <laughs> defensive end there who signed a free agent contract with Miami in March. So this is kind of like a swapping out of defensive ends. If you recall during the pre-draft process, Brett Veach, general manager Brett Veach, kept saying, hey, we need depth on the defensive line. We thought they addressed it with Mike Dana, who also is a Michigan guy. (laughs) So another interesting dynamic. But, you know, the fact that they added Taco Charlton, why not? He's a first-round draft pick, a former first-round draft pick, and you don't become a first-round draft pick in the National Football League unless – you know, people think that you are, are a good quality prospect. Granted, he is on his third team. He's bounced around now between the Dallas Cowboys, who made him a first-round pick in 2017, the 28th overall pick, waived, waived by the Cowboys two weeks into the 2019 regular season before being claimed by the Dolphins, you know, shortly thereafter in, in September. He didn't last there for some reason or another. And my understanding, you know, from reading the reports from our, our brothers and sisters at the Miami Herald – was, you know, he, he was inactive three of the last four games, a healthy scratch. So this is kind of interesting. But, you know, at this point, a one-year contract with Charlton gives them an opportunity to see what they have in him. He bolsters death behind Frank Clark, also a Michigan alum. <laughs> right. I know. How about that? Alex, I just thought that the Chiefs could have – they could have gone defensive end earlier in the draft but waited until the fifth round and, as you said, got Mike Dana – um, I, I don't, you know, I, I guess the Chiefs must see something in him and the idea of a, four, you know, a guy being a first round talent has, you know, has the Chiefs believing that there's potential there. It's just maybe a matter of fit and finding the right spot, finding the right coach, maybe the right position coach and the right locker room for him. Yeah, and it's, it's a fantastic point you bring up there as well, finding the right fit, because the Chiefs seem to like former Cowboys defensive players from linebacker Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, Sarverius Ward. Now they get a chance to rejuvenate another career, hopefully, with Taco Charlton. I think this is a very low-risk move for them because it is only a one-year deal. 
So find out what you have with this guy. See if he fits. See if he can push Alex Okafor, Tano Pasno, Damone Harris, Breland Speaks. You know, we, we hardly ever talk about this guy. He was he was a draft pick and Tim Ward. And if he can push them and somehow find his way into the rotation, it's a win-win situation for them. If he doesn't work out, once again, a one-year deal. You know, you're not really losing too much. Boy, he's a good – he's an athletic guy. 6'6", 277, um, athletic I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him in pads and, and see what he can do. I to be honest with you, I didn't I didn't pay as much attention to him. Maybe because he was you know he spent most of his career in the NFC and the Chiefs didn't play the Dolphins last season, so he just wasn't on my radar screen. But um, you know, for a, a guy to again a for, former first round draft pick to be on his third team in four years, there had to be some issues. Good, looking forward to talking to him. You mentioned the position group, right? Frank Clark, Tano Passanio, mm-hmm. Okafor coming back off the injury. Breland, Spree- Breland Speaks, you mentioned, and, and you, were, you hit the nail on the head. Interesting guy. Didn't get to play last year in the new Steve, Steve Spagnuolo defense. So we, we kind of don't know what we have with, with Speaks. And then the guys who were on the practice squad last year, he'll get every opportunity to succeed. And, and I, I think – I think this is true of any player coming to a Super Bowl championship team. They'll want, they're going to want to fit in, and I think that the locker room culture will help. If if there is an attitude issue or if there's just some reason why it hasn't worked for him in, in Miami and Dallas, um, if, if there are reasons beyond just you know a, a wrong fit, if he, if he did have an attitude problem, I don't think you'll see that in Kansas City just because of the strength of the Chiefs locker room, players like Frank Clark and Chris Jones and Teran Matthew, I think those can help bring a guy you know, around. Am I, am, I, am I right about that? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And if anything, shortly after the signing, Frank Clark took to Twitter you know, and, and pretty much embraced and welcomed him in. And I think if anything also, you know, they crossed briefly crossed paths at, at – in Ann Arbor as college teammates. So if anything, you know, he, right. he got that working for him as well. And, and such a strong Michigan tie in that locker room all of a sudden at the defensive line position. So, you know, these guys are certainly going to be looking out for one another. And, and again, I, I just think it's, it's a low risk, high reward type move because we're talking about a former first round draft pick, you know, because he bounced around teams. I don't think you can really give up on him. He's still young. He's 25. You know, he doesn't turn 26 until the until I, I believe during the regular season. So he's still got a lot of his prime years left in him. And it, and, and it goes back to the point you made earlier. Maybe it's the right fit, the right coaching staff. And the Chiefs certainly are, are designed to, to take care of to embrace those kinds of players that need that extra push. You know, you and I haven't talked since the Chiefs released Dustin Colquitt. Were you surprised by that move? I think if anything, the Chiefs signaled what direction they were going. Uh, you know, when when you bring in, when you sign a punter, Tyler Newsom during free agency, and then you 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 sign an undrafted guy, and all of a sudden give yourself three punters you know, on the roster. Yeah, it kind of signaled the move that the move was coming. And if anything, you know, it's the unfortunate side of the business. He was counting way too much against the salary cap, so this was a salary cap move, and and you start seeing this. You know, especially with veteran players as their careers progress and you're in May getting ready to hit June and you need cap space. These are the guys that, that fall into that business side of football. And it's a very unfortunate because, as, as you and I both know from being around the team for, for years, Colquitt meant so much to this community. He was, he was a stand up guy, such a classy guy. You know, every time he was in the locker room, 
which is a lot. You know, he certainly was very gracious with his time if you had questions. And he, he was just a, a, a guy who embodied what Kansas City is all about, in my opinion. Friendly, laid back, willing to help out others. But unfortunately, again, this goes back to the business side of football. And it saved the, the Chiefs. They were able to, to gain some, some much-needed salary cap space. Right, right. 15 years with, with the Chiefs, and that is – um, uh, that matches uh, Gerald Wilson, the former punter, the most seasons with the Chiefs. Wilson, of course, was the punter for the for the Chiefs during their their first Super Bowl runs in the in the '60s. And I think I and I did some computation and found that only George Brett and Frank White have been uh, professional athletes for a Kansas City sports team longer than Dustin Colquitt in terms of number of years. Of course, Colquitt with more games played or, or appeared in than than any member of, of the Chiefs. So and I, you know, easily uh, an easy call for the Chiefs uh, Hall of Fame. That that'll happen. Uh will will he get will he get another job somewhere in the NFL? Fifteen years is um, you know, he's 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 been around a long time. But he's also still very effective. And, and you know, here's, here's the crazy thing. And I'm, I'm just like running scenarios through my head. And, and I go to the Northeast. <laughs> there, uh, there, there's a head coach up there that loves left-footed kickers. And, <laughs> yes, he does. And I know Chiefs fans would roll over. Her eyes would just go crazy. And if, if somehow the Patriots said, you know what, we always liked Dustin Colquitt. He's kicked in Kansas City. That means he can kick in outdoor weather. Let's bring them in. <laughs> and look, yeah. that's just me 100% speculating and because I, I like looking around and see what makes sense. And we know Bill Belichick loves left-footed kickers. And yeah, yeah that's a scenario that makes sense to me if the Patriots were to look at him. Yeah. And look, and Dustin Colquitt, the master of the uh, inside the 20 punt and – and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, I mean, he got involved with a charitable, charitable organization, Team Smile, which which uh, serves underprivileged kids with uh, who need uh, dental work and was a, a champion for that cause, was in on the ground floor of that 15 years ago. So a great cause, uh, a great citizen of Kansas City, a great Kansas City chief. He'll be he'll be missed. I'm glad he got to go out with a Super Bowl ring. Like, yes. like, you know, his dad had one, his brother got one in Denver, and now Dustin Colquitt uh, with with a Super Bowl ring. Okay, now, let's, let's – All of a sudden, yeah, now we have an interesting battle. You know, we, we – Yeah, we, yeah. The position battle that we haven't talked about in years. You know, exactly. No, exactly. Now. I, I think um, the Chiefs – the Chiefs have an, an intriguing situation here. You bring in Tyler Newsom, who, who kicked at Notre Dame, but the guy that they really like – and from my understanding is Tommy Townsend, the undrafted free agent out of Florida, drew a lot of interest at the end of the draft. Uh, but, but, again, it comes down to you have an opportunity to sign with a Super Bowl champion, go for it. And so, you know, they, they're really high on Tommy Townsend. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how he does if OTA's training camp actually is able to go on. And another thought I just that occurred to me is, you know, Dustin Colquitt was the holder, uh, is is the you know, holder for for field goals and extra points, and was you know terrific for most of his career. I remember there was the uh, there was the flub at Tennessee uh, earlier this year, but for the most part, just was was fantastic at, at that job. And he'll, you know, he'll uh, do, you know Harrison Butker is going to have to break in a new holder now for the operation, along with uh, James Winchester, yeah. the the snapper. And um, you know, I remember 
it was it was an odd situation a few years ago when when uh, when Butker became the kicker. Cairo Santos had started the year as the Chiefs kicker, suffered an injury after three games. They brought in Butker and then then released Col- uh, Santos, who they liked and was doing a good job for them. So, you know, sometimes these it was with special teams players, especially with kickers, it's not the the smoothest of transitions. So. Um, yeah, be that all of a sudden you're right, Herbie. There's there's going to be a, a, a punting competition now for the Chiefs. Uh, let, let's uh, let's let's look at uh, uh, the news that's going to that we that is going to happen this week in the NFL. Uh, there were some rumors that it could happen as early as today. It's Tuesday. I don't think we'll, we'll that'll happen. But but by the end of the week, the Chiefs should know, and the rest of the NFL should know their their 2020 schedule. And um, look, we know who the opponents are going to be. That's you know that we know we know next year's opponents. That's uh, that's done in advance. It's a formula. But what we don't know is uh, when those games are going to be played, and that's of special importance for the Chiefs this year because as the Super Bowl champion, they're going to pl- they're going to open the season. That's the tradition now of uh, of NFL scheduling the Super Bowl champion opens the season on Thursday night football for the most part didn't happen last year but that last year was the exception that um with with the 100 year anniversary of the league but the Chiefs are going to open the season at home on a Thursday night if the season comes off as um you know as planned um what what do we think what what are we looking at as a as a possible opening game opponent for the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium well, I, I'm going to say right off the bat, let's remove the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> from the equation. <laughs> I think that's a game the NFL wants to happen later on in the season when there's like postseason jockeying for position implications at hand there. I think the Ravens and the Chiefs makes much more sense late November, December time frame. You know, I think um we were talking before we went on air here, the Houston Texans make sense as a season opener. Uh Two divisional foes, not division, yeah, divisional foes, or conference foes, I should conference say. Foes. Yeah, right, conference right, foes, right, right, right. That have always seemed to play a lot over the past few years. They've met in the playoffs a couple of times. But the one that makes the most sense to me, and we talked about this team earlier, the New England Patriots. You know, this is a team that's now without Tom Brady. They're going to be with a lot – a lot of eyes are going to be on Bill Belichick. It's how he how the Patriots do without Brady uh, – so this is going to be an intriguing storyline. I, I think you you set up the Patriots against the Chiefs for the season opener, and, and you got a winner there. Yeah, I think uh, that's all, all kinds of storylines involved. I, there are um, I, I'm, I, I don't I can't say this with a with you know just certainty, absolute certainty, but I, I, I'm pretty sure the the opponent won't be a division foe, right? They're not going to yeah. have the, the the Las Vegas Raiders open their their. Um, uh, life in Las Vegas coming to Arrowhead, I, I wouldn't think, or the Broncos, I, I guess not, um, or the or the LA Chargers. But there's some other there's some other issues to ponder here as uh, as we await the news, and one of which is uh, will the season start on time? Uh, th- what I've seen written by a couple of national writers is the 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 idea of moving the the season ahead or or, or, or having back wherever you want to describe it by about a month having it start sometime in October but still play the 16 game schedule and have the Super Bowl played on the final weekend in in February uh, it would it could start with fans it could start without fans it could start with fans in some places but not in others um, 
There's the issue of the, the the Chargers and the Rams in California. Will the stadium be ready for for those teams because of the, the the delays because of the coronavirus? And I just I guess Kirby, I'm, I'm asking, what are you hearing? What's some of the some of the uh, storylines and rumors you've been hearing about um, about when the NFL season will start and uh, what, what 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 the obstacles are? I'm going to go back to what Clark Hunt told us two weeks ago during the draft. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Nobody does. There's tons of speculation out there, but you know what? None of these writers is a medical doctor. None of them. Uh, and unless they work at the CDC or, or WHO, the World Health Organization, this is all speculation at this point. I mean, there's even writings out there. If the college football season doesn't start, the NFL might take some of the Saturday slots. So there's a lot right. of scenarios at play, but – you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't specialize in infectious diseases, so I have no idea what's going to happen with the National Football League 2020 regular season. All right, we'll leave it with that, and we'll look for, we'll we'll look forward to the schedule uh, coming out this week. That's always interesting because then you can well, <laughs> how we're going to cover games is also uh, a. Um, left to speculation at this point, uh, the, the gathering of people in the press boxes and locker rooms, uh, locker room situations. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the continuation of the the Zoom teleconference uh, in in uh, in the regular season, at least at the beginning of the regular season for the NFL. All sorts of unknowns going in, and there's time to to determine this stuff too. I know that that's big in the that's a big thought in the college world right now. There's no no reason to make de- definitive statements about uh, about games and schedules, uh, wh- whether games are going to be played or not, because you have time to, you know, to, to let the um, you know to let the doctors do what the the doctors are doing and let the scientists work on on cures. So um, let's let's let that happen. What do you think? You know what, though, Blair? And here, here's the thing that I think provides a reason for optimism. In South Korea, they've they've now started their baseball games again. I, I play right now as we speak. Yeah, and then that, that offers hope. And I think as long as we still have hope, then yep, you move forward. You move forward and thing. let things process the way it needs to process. But I, I think it would be irresponsible to rush into things without a set plan. And then Clark Hunt nailed it on the head last week or two weeks ago during the draft where he said, you know, contingency plans, they're going to start discussing that at the end of this month during the annual league owners meeting. And so, you know, hopefully by the end of this month, we should have a good idea of how the NFL plans to proceed. All right, Herbie, great talking to you. We will, uh, we'll catch up again soon. Okay. Thanks a lot, Blair. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Welcome back to Sportsbeat KC. 
Safety Teran Matthew was one of three chiefs who virtually met the media last Friday. He opens up by talking about how he's managing to train and stay atop his game from home. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I got my iPad so, you know, I can, you know, watch the film, you know, see the reps, try to visualize it, um, you know, and then um, just try my best to make it work at home, you know, um, try my best to, you know, really follow the guidelines and, you know, um, and, and then mostly just stay positive. I think that's most important, just staying positive, keeping it, staying in the right frame of mind. Um, but I've uh, been trying to get as much work in as I can with, 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 with what I have. <laughs> Uh, let's go to Danny Wilney. Go ahead, Danny. Hey, Byron. Um, hope you and your family are all well. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, Andy just a few minutes ago told us that he doesn't think this defense last year was nearly as good as it could be. You guys come off a Super Bowl win. Do you echo those sentiments? I, I agree. Um, we could have been so much better, um, especially the production at the ball. I mean, I, I think me, I, I dropped eight interceptions by myself. Um, and so you just understand that, you know, if you make certain plays, uh, it, it would have com completely changed, you know, um, how well we played. And I thought we played well, but it could have been great. Um, but um, so I think that's the motivation this year is that we know we can we can really get better. Uh, let's go to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. All right, Tyron, uh, the draft, they take an LSU guy. They take a couple of defensive backs. They take like three yeah. guys total from Louisiana. Are you sure that you weren't the one pulling the strings on that uh, draft last week? <laughs> Nah, nah, I had, I had nothing to do with that. Um, just a lot of great kids with, with a lot of great talent, um, you know, from down there in Louisiana. But um, it's always cool when you get to play with a guy that um, – what, what kind of culture you know he comes from. Um, so I know he's going to come in. You know, he's going to fit in. Um, he's going to do really well. And um, so and – and we got to support him, you know, as leaders, as a team. And, you know, uh, I think he's going to make an impact for us. So, so I'm excited about it. Let's go to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Tyron. Uh, uh, hey. Hope all is hope all is well with you. Uh, look, you know, as one of the leaders on the team, how do you all fight against complacency going into the new season? And then, have you had a chance to, I guess, maybe talk to or or, or find out anything about Bashar Breeland? Well, um, I, I think, like I mentioned, uh, you know, earlier, um, I feel like we can really get better uh, as a as the whole. Um, and I know Frank Clark feels the same. I know Chris Jones feels the same. Um, there's a lot of little things that we could have got better at. Um, so, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not necessarily patting ourselves on the back uh, because we won a, won a championship. Um, I think we understand uh, in order to do it again or, or even to win in the future, uh, we're going to have to play better defensively. Um, so teams will start to scheme us. They'll start to really, you know, strategize how to beat us. And uh, we're going to have to be able to, to really adjust as a defense. Uh, and um, But uh, uh, you mentioned Breland. Um, I haven't spoken with Breland, though. All right, let's go to Pete Sweeney. Uh, go ahead, Pete. Hi, Tyron. Thank you for, for hey. taking some time here. Um, first, when it comes to some of these players that are drafted, and a lot were on the defensive side of the football and, and Gay and then Snead and, and Keys, I was just curious, how soon do you take it upon yourself uh, to reach out to these guys and what have those conversations been like? And then my second point was sort of in light of the Breland situation, you've become the leader of the Chiefs defense what does it mean and what responsibility comes with being, in your opinion, a, a Kansas City Chiefs defensive back? Yeah, well, you, know, you mentioned a uh, the, the, uh, couple guys that, that we drafted over draft week. And uh, I, think I, I think I actually hit, hit up all those boys that night, actually. Uh, I maybe hit up Bo P the next day. 
Um, but just excited to play with guys that love football. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't think anyone's perfect, but I think if you're able to look at those guys, you'll say they love to play football. They love to tap. They love to be out there. And uh, I think as a defensive player, that's all you can ask for, <laughs> you know, when your GM is drafting a player. You just just get a guy that loves to play football, that loves to tackle. And, you know, Coach Fast can coach him up. I could try to coach him up and, <laughs> you know, we'll figure out where to go. But um, I think being a leader is – yeah, it's a ton of responsibility. Um, so uh, it's obviously a great deal of accountability as well. Um, and you know, you just have to hold people accountable. But I think most importantly, you have to hold yourself accountable. I think it's a certain way um, you practice. Um, I think it's a certain way you play. I think it's a certain way you interact with teammates. It's a certain way you, you know, interact with coaches and um, even the media. So um, I think leadership is not just you um, being really good at football. I think it's you. Um, understanding that you're good at football and that you can help other people be good at football. And so uh, I think that's leadership. And um, so, uh, that, I mean, that's just what I try to do. Uh, let's go to James Palmer. Go ahead, James. What's up, Tyron? Uh, hey. with, with you being home and kind of a different scenario than you've ever had in an offseason, I'm curious if there's other things that you've kind of found since you're such a student of the game to kind of maybe study, look at that maybe you wouldn't do in a normal offseason, right? Just kind of maybe studying something differently or, or doing something differently that's kind of caught your eye. No, well, actually, uh, you know, most offseasons, I, I, I always study, you know, um, offenses, right? I try to uh, see what, what teams are going to be on the schedule that year. Uh, then I try to get a jump start on them. Um, but lately, I've been studying other guys. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's really starting to help my game, too. Um, you know, watching other guys play the position I play. Um, because I play a lot of different positions. And, you know, uh, at times, my, my, my technique can kind of start to slip because I'm all over the place. And so it, I think it's good to kind of watch other guys play certain positions. Um, but guys like Chris Harris, you know, uh, even Sherman, uh, Patrick Peterson, uh, Kevin Byard. Um, you know, uh, Derwin James. So uh, I watch these guys film and, and we're all different. And so, uh, but I try to take something from that. So uh, I think that's where I'm at uh, this offseason. I think I had a lot of time <laughs> to really do that this year. Uh, let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, uh, Tyron, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm, I'm good. Good. <laughs> hey, uh, I know you were following the draft, particularly in the early rounds, and you, not just the Chiefs, but the other teams. Um, and you saw the what the AFC West teams were doing, loading up to, to come after you guys. I just wanted to get your general thoughts on that. What, uh, what, what, th what thoughts do you have about these teams really coming after you? And Brad, if I could have one quick follow-up when he's done. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, think, I think it's going to be exciting. You know, I'm a football player. I love to play football, and uh, I love the competition. You know, I love that part of it. And uh, I, I think anytime you know, uh, opposing teams can – you know, have exciting players on the other side, um, I think it's going to lift us naturally. Um, so um, I think we understand, you know, uh, you know, what teams are trying to do, you know, what style of play that they're going for. And so uh, I think if we're able to see that writing on the wall, we're able to accept it. Um, and then not, not as much understand them, but more so just embrace ourselves. Uh, just stay confident. Just um, understand that you know, our teams are doing certain things for a reason. And um, I think you got a little bit, to, little bit to do with that. Yeah. And uh, one more question. Um, mm -hmm. You drafted, the Chiefs drafted a couple really fast defensive players in Willie Gay and Legereus Sneed. Mm -hmm. um, I just was curious, is, is having, being fast on defense maybe more important in today's NFL than even it was 
when you came into the league, for instance, you feel like? Well, I, I think I, I think being smart uh, is the most important thing. Um, you know, having fundamentals, I think that is essential. Um, but I think anytime you can get a guy with speed, yeah, you're able to play a little bit more aggressive. You're able to do. You're able to take a lot more chances. You're able to take a lot more risk. You understand that the big play won't happen often because you got guys that can really run down the field. And um, I, I think us drafting those guys, I think, is going to give us the ability to, 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 to really, you know, be able to adjust within a game what we're going to be able to do. And um, so I think, like I mentioned, anytime you get guys with size, speed, and um, you know, those guys like to tackle too. So uh, I think that they fit the mold that, that, that Spags like to do. Um, and uh, so I'm excited about them. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Tyron. Thanks for doing this, man. Um, I, have a hey. two, I have a two-part question. Mm -hmm. um, can you uh, share with us how different it feels even in a virtual offseason, uh, the terminology, the understanding of one another between starting with a whole new unit, a whole new coaching staff last year versus – you know, doing it this year in a virtual manner. And then secondly, um, when it comes to Chris Jones, and obviously you've been through the league and what it's like for a player to be franchise tagged, just what has your message been to him and how has he sort of interacted with the guys on the defense while trying to understand sort of where his future may be uh, from a contract situation? Yeah, like, like I mentioned earlier, I think, the, I think the biggest difference, you know, meeting virtually with, with Coach Spags and, and Coach Merritt is that they're just so hands-on. <laughs> And they're just not able to do that. <laughs> you know, it's like there's only so much Spaz can do. And I think it's kind of driving him crazy. But he's making it work. Um, but, uh, you know, you mentioned Chris. Uh, you know, he's such a great player. Like, he's such a dynamic player. Um, I, I don't think anybody, you know, wants him to leave. Um, but uh, I, I think it's just important for him to just, you know, um, understand where he's at. You know, um, understand where he's at just in this situation and understand that. You know, um, yeah, you got a lot of teammates that 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 that, that want him to get paid, right? That that that's really rooting for him, man. So, um, uh, as long as he can be the same guy, right? Uh, full of great energy. You know, he's a great teammate. Um, as long as he can continue to be that, um, I'm sure I'm sure something will work out for him. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap goes to Herbie Teope for joining us today to talk Chiefs. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes. And earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. That still stands, and it's a good offer. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. Here's an even better deal. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole bit. You get all the stories written by my talented compadres. Just great stuff. And the details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. In either case, the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're supporting local journalism and helping us deliver products like Sports BKC. Hey, we'll be back on Wednesday to talk sports in Kansas City.